the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. Billy Hallowell from Faithwire, former colleague of mine at the Blaze, but he has remained a friend nonetheless, joins us on a semi-regular basis to try and help us make sense of the world. Billy, you're a guy in New York. You're constantly in the... um, in the uh, the subway, you've been in Times Square at that subway station. Did you ever look up and see, oh, my God, it could almost be a Confederate flag in the tile? No, but I'm also not somebody who looks for things to be offended by. And I'm also not somebody who really gets offended when I see things. Now, everybody has their triggers, right? There's things that annoy us all. I, But I have never once looked at that tile and thought, oh there's a confederate flag it just hasn't crossed my mind we are we are a country that is losing its mind i mean across the board and i think this i feel like we get over one hurdle and we think okay that crisis is over that drama is over that debate that battle is over and we're already into the next one and so it's it's become exhausting for people i think and i think everybody's feeling that yet the chaos is not ceasing do you as the father of two young children do you do you ever look at at how we're acting and go this is these are like a bunch of a bunch of toddlers who are incapable of dealing with life and no parent is telling them no cuz that's what it feels like to me the word no has been expunged from the uh vocabulary of the people we charge with leading our lives Absolutely. No. And and I think, you know, I think conservatives are really hard on Obama and many times rightfully so, uh, because when you're president, you're in the position to sort of take the reins and at least set a tone. And time and time again, so many people were frustrated that they felt Obama wasn't setting the tone. And then we had two candidates in 2016 who were horrific at setting the tone and who were it was like having and I tell this joke all the time and everybody laughs at me because it's such an evangelical Christian joke. But it was like Gog and Magog were running against each other and we we were going to end up with one of them. And now we have one. And I was really hopeful that he would he would set a better tone. And I know some people, you know, this isn't about being pro-Trump or anti-Trump. The reality is the president sets the tone. And society and culture are in chaos, and I think the president is in chaos, and it's not, it's not helping. I mean, there's, there's nobody out there who is being an adult, not in the middle of a tantrum, leading us in some sort of positive direction, and that's really problematic. And it's what we cover every day at Faithwire. I mean, we're covering these stories. We're trying to find the positive, and there is a lot of positive out there, but you've got to look for it. We're not seeing the people who matter stand up and say the right things that are going to unite us or at least put some fires out well i you know you bring up a good point and you also smoothly brought in a lovely plug to get us on focused on the stories (laughs) that you want to talk about but i have to i have to warn you the the christian comedian thing it's i think you just need to leave that to the professionals i think you just need the the gog and magog joke i it's (laughs) a year old stop (laughs) I stop. I, i know uh, I wanted to talk about something, and you brought it up when you sent me a note this morning. Um, there's a brand new stadium going up in Atlanta, in the Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia area. They're building one of these billion-dollar monstrosities that will be a temple to all things sports. And in stadiums now, they're not just places where games are played. They're malls. There's restaurants. There's stores to buy junk. And it's in like the airport. stadium... Yeah. They're putting a Chick-fil-A. And oh, yes. 
the professional football team, the Atlanta Falcons, will play in that stadium. Now, you're yep. Chick-fil-A, and you're putting a football team, you're putting a, stadium, a, a restaurant in the new stadium, but the games are mostly played on Sunday when Chick-fil-A is closed. That's going to tick me off. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is here's the thing. There's two elements here. And I think in our headline we said, you know, the NFL, NFL fans might be a little conflicted if you're a Christian uh, because Chick-fil-A is a Christian company. We know this. They have always been close since 1946. And I have to hand it to them. It's pretty amazing that from 1946 to today, they've kept that tradition. They leave Chick-fil-A closed. They give all the staff that day to, to not be there. And they do that so that if you choose to, you can go to church. But they, they've wanted to respect that. The founder, Truett Cathy, put that policy in again in 1946, and it continues. And they're not going to sacrifice that or change it on Sundays, even at a game. And I can't tell you how many times. And by the way, the Falcons, I think they play seven home games, at least seven home games yeah. in that stadium next season. And you've got other events, too. It's not just the NFL. You know, there's stadiums are used for other things. So every Sunday it gets so annoying when I'm in the airport and I'm dying to eat something. And I go and I look and it's like, oh. Chick-fil-A is closed. It happens to me all the time. But as frustrating as it is, there's this element of respect. I mean, think about how much money they're potentially sacrificing not being open on that day. It's pretty amazing. It is, it is amazing, Billy. But because of the way my mind works, I have a proposal. And perhaps since you have had contact with the Chick-fil-A upper deck over the years that we've known each other and you've covered stories on Chick-fil-A, perhaps you can get us in. And I will cut you in on the deal if they bite. Here's here's my plan. And uh, just follow me on this. Go with me on this. Chick-fil-A still stays closed on Sunday to all the all the believers, all of the all of the folks who are working there who want to have the Sabbath off. But what if we open up Chick-fil-A atheists? And we we have just for one day, it's only Sundays, all the people who work there are non-believers. And then you can also have people who are hungry for Chick-fil-A. They can come in on Chick-fil-A theist day. It's, it's going to be just one day a week. We're talking about 52 opportunities a year. And I'll guarantee you they'll make money. And instead of Bible verses on the bottom of your like burger packages and your cups, you could put Richard Dawkins quotes. It'll be great. Absolutely. See, this is this is how America embraces capitalism and and says we can respect people who don't believe as much as we can respect people who do believe. Chick philatheist. It's I'm telling you, it's it's got to happen. We could like where where do you even come up with this stuff? I feel like it is it doesn't even there's no process. It just happens. It's like magic. I think this is a good business plan. You know, it will help us make America great again. You should, you should contact Donald Trump. Well, I need you to get me in the door at Chick Fil A because we'll get we'll get this done, and I'm sure I'm sure they'll look at this and initially they'll bite and and throw us back. But you know, well, we can work on this. Now, you also had a story that I saw on Faithwire uh, titled "How One Group Is Secretly Smuggling Scripture." And now there still are places in the world where you have to smuggle religious texts oh, yeah. into certain countries, which surprises the hell out of me because I, I would think the Internet 
would would open things up. But you're talking about North Korea. And first of all, there is no Internet unless you're Kim Jong-un and the immediate family. But how are they doing this? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. They've been doing this since 1991. It's a group. Not all of them have made their names public, but they basically go about four miles from the border and they inflate these balloons with helium. And it's it's sort of a simple process, but it's kind of creative. They have a little hole, and basically they in the balloon, they send the balloon over with the Book of Mark inside of it. And the balloons, as they go over the border, they eventually descend on their own. And that little hole lets some of the helium out. And the goal is to get those balloons to the people in North Korea who might be Christians or who might be interested in faith to let them know, hey, we're praying for you. Here's some scripture. And, you know, there's no other way to get—you can't get Bibles into North Korea. It's almost impossible. So I just find it hilarious that for decades now these balloons have been floating over. And not just hilarious in, in like, a flippant way, but it's just such an amazing way to get the gospel sort of over the border and hopefully encouraging people. And, look, as we know, it is North Korea, Open Doors USA tells us, it is the most restrictive, the worst place in the world to live as a Christian. You'll be steamrolled. You'll be killed. You'll be put in camps. But that has not stopped Christianity from growing um, inside the country. And I think that's a powerful testament to, to the power of Christianity. But you have groups like this trying to help get the word out. Don't you, don't you worry that by getting this word out like this, that now the border guards will start shooting down balloons? You know, I don't know. They've been doing it for so long that my assumption is, you know, they haven't, either they don't know about it in North Korea or they can't stop. I know this particular group also has a radio station that they put out, and they have said, you know, they put it out into North Korea that the government in North Korea has tried to jam up the signals, but they've always found ways around it. So not only are they sending balloons over, but they're sending radio messages and church services over to North Korea, and huh. the people there want it. Um, so I think it's fascinating. It shows you that you can try to keep something out. Uh, but that doesn't always work. And I think with, with Christianity, it's been 2,000 years of that. So so it's, uh, it's sort of fascinating. It's an amazing and ingenious story. And real quickly, I've got about a minute left. The, the Chris Pratt story, where are we on that story? You know, I, people, a lot of Christians are judging him, going after him, because he said that thing at the Teen Choice Awards about his faith and about Jesus saying, how dare you, you're getting divorced. And, you know, where we are on that is that Christians just need to realize they don't know the details of the guy's marriage and that they should probably spend time praying for him instead of judging him, since we don't know why they're getting separated, he and Anna Ferris. So that's kind of where we are. And we've got an op-ed over at faithwire.com you can check out and, and read where I kind of broke that down, because I've been a little frustrated seeing the judgment coming from people. I understand. His name is Billy Hallowell. He is a friend of mine and a friend of this show. And you can find him on faithwire.com with uh, great information almost every day. And I think he takes the Sabbath off. But uh, with any luck, Billy and I are going to get rich on Chick-fil-A Atheist, the new chicken sandwiches available on Sundays. But thank you, my friend. We might end up going to hell, but we'll get rich. But we'll be so busy shaking hands with our friends, we won't but miss the, the heat will not bother us. It will not. It will not. Chris Field in particular. We'll spend a lot of time with him. Well, he's the gatekeeper down there, so, you know. <laughs> Have a great uh, weekend, my friend. <laughs> you too. The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand.